Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. My guest this week is Mark Williams, twice world champion, winner of many tournaments, and most importantly, of course, Twitter legend. Mark, I know you're not a great fan of interviews, so thanks for doing this. Um, Anything for you, Dave. Well, thank you. I always start asking people how they got into snooker, so what was your introduction? Oh, God. Um, I I first remember it, I think it was my father playing in a a tournament in in the Institute. It was just like a Christmas thing they had, and it was for all the miners... Uh, I used to get together and I just used to watch that and uh, just got into it. It was on the TV then. I think it was Pop Black or something like I was on and uh, I just, I don't know why, but I just loved watching it. And then I think my mother and father bought me a six-foot table, which uh, from then on, that was it. I was just playing it as much as I can, really. Mm. But you also did a bit of boxing, didn't you, when you were a kid? Yeah, I was doing I was doing boxing probably uh, the same time as snooker, probably. Uh, even a bit more, um, you know. I, I had about, I think, it was had sixteen fights actually. Um, I was only a junior little one, and and uh, I, I won them all, didn't lose one. Uh, but I always remember the the last fight they had was my opponent never turned up, and there was another fellow's opponent didn't turn up, and they come and asked me, and we decided to get in with each other, and just like a like an exhibition kind of thing. And he was probably about a stone and a half. Two stone heavier than me, but yeah. it was only a little exhibition thing. And uh, my God, every time he jabbed me, punched me, it was like someone hit, hit me with a brick. And uh, and I woke up with uh, two black eyes. I think it was cut severe. And I thought, Phew, I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. And that's the last time I was I was in a ring. Then thank God. But you were in an area in Wales where obviously the, the junior snooker scene was quite thriving, wasn't it? So you had a lot of competition. How how quickly did you improve? Um, I, th- I improved quite quick because I, I played in a. In uh, the Emporium Club in Bargood, where there was, quite the time, there was probably 10 to 12 people practising here, and everyone was a 147 breaker. Mm. And, you know, I used to get absolutely bashed up by everybody, especially, uh, you know, Ian Sargent used to give me some bashings, Paul Dawkins, Richard Hodges, all them kind of people, and he was just bashing me up day in, day out, but I kept going back every day, and he used to wind me up 
like you wouldn't believe. I mean, you probably couldn't wind anyone up like they used to back then. He'd be classed as bullying now. But, uh, <laughs> well, you do your best in fairness, but, you know. Well, yeah, that, that's how I brought that. I mean, you know, if you'd done stuff like that now, people would go off crying and say, you know, are you picking on me or something? But, you know, it, it toughened me up. And, yeah. I know eventually, you know, I started taking frames, getting closer, getting closer. And eventually, the time I was probably 14, 15, I was, I was beating them all. Mm. And... It was funny because when I used to beat them all, they, they didn't want to play me then. It was only to be fake. Uh, Sarge that kept playing me, kept playing me, and he was the he was the hardest one to beat. And once I did beat him a few times, I used to bash him up all the time then. But he was the only one that kept coming back, mm. wanted to play me. But you know, once you're playing around players like that, it was one four seven break. As I mean, you both again. We used we used to play in the Romney Valley League one frame singles. We had seven players on our side, five play. And seven of us were one four seven breakers, mm. and you know we was winning the league, you know with ease all the time. But mm. you know it, it was playing with people like that it definitely helped me improve a lot quicker than I would have. So you turned pro when you were seventeen. What was that like? Did you did you feel you were ready? Because obviously in, the, in those days it was open. You just sort of um, paid your money, didn't you? And well, turn well, up. It, it was funny because I was winning the junior tournaments in in the Welsh and I was winning all the under sixteens and stuff. And and I was seventeen, and at the, at the time they made. The Welsh Junior Tournament, 16 and under, and the Welsh Seniors Tournament, 18 and over. Mm. So I couldn't play anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice, isn't it? <laughs> nice of them. And uh, I couldn't play anything. I couldn't play in under 16s and obviously over 18s. I, I didn't really have much chance, choice but the turn pro. I mean, if I could have played in one of them, I don't know whether or not I would have done or not. But, you know, my manager at the time, Clive Kofard, who really took me under his wing since I was 12, decided to turn me pro then. And uh, obviously it was a good move, mm. but I didn't really have much much choice. That what was it like? At, what was it like at the Norbrecht? Because you spent a lot of time there, didn't you? Well, it was. Um, I mean, probably the first year was, I suppose, was brilliant. Really, as a young boy, I was travelling up there for three months. Staying me and my mate Sarge, we used to, and the bloke Les Griffiths used to drive us around. Mm. We had a, a one-bedroom flat. Les used to sleep on a sofa, and I used to sleep in a double bed with Sarge. That's mm. how it was for three months, and. The first year was probably brilliant. I'm young, I'm going up there and yeah. playing players, months, playing every day, 10 matches in a tournament, really, just to get through to the last 32. And it was good, but after you know, 12 months of that or a couple of years, it started getting a, you know, a nightmare. You know, every time someone mentions Blackpool now, I just <laughs> go shiver at the knees. <laughs> so do you remember the first time you played on TV? What was, what was that match? Can you remember? Um, no, I can't. I can't really. The only really match from back then I can really remember is playing in the last 16, I think it was the Belgium Open playing Darren Morgan. Mm. And uh, it was 4 all. I think it was only 18, I think, something like that. It was 4 all, and I think I had a 60 break in the last. And uh, I was 50 odd up in the decider, or 60 odd up in the decider. And he's done it anyway, great dish. Potted a black, I'm storming all over this. Silly walk, grabbed my hand and thought he would try to take it off and said, <laughs> and said to me, you've made my Christmas now and walked off and that's always, always stuck in my mind and I've always always said I'll, I'll get him back for that and let's just say you haven't beat me since. <laughs> but what was it like playing at the venues? Because obviously the Norbrecht, you know, you're a professional but you're not part of the actual tournaments, they're just qualifiers. Mm. Did you feel comfortable once you started getting to the venues? Not really, it, it took a while because once you're playing at in Blackpool for like three months, you're playing ten games in one tournament, then it goes to the next tournament, 
and you go right the way through, and then you go back to the first tournament if you qualified, then the seeds come in, and I was beating the seeds in Blackpool. When I was getting to the venue, it was totally different. You know, the lightning was different. There was a lot of crowd there. There was no crowd in Blackpool unless you went for all it would decide with all the other players. You should yeah. vulture in then and, <laughs> and watch and see who get beat. But as I got the venue, there was a lot of people there. The lights are totally different. And it did take me a while to adjust to all that. Mm. Uh, it was a totally different uh, playing in Blackpool. You were sort of on people's radar as a, as a rising star, but until you win a tournament, no one's quite sure you know, whether you are the real, de- real deal or not. You did win your home event, didn't you? The Welsh Open 96, that was your first ranking event. What, what are your memories of that? Uh, my memories was, uh, you know, obviously, I remember a couple of victories going through, was uh, beating John Parrott in the final, as my first mm. final, and uh, I think I won 9-3, so it wasn't mm. really too much pressure on me. In the semis, I think I won... Six one. The only reason I know this is because I got where I practice. I've got uh, the actual tournament right. with all, everyone who played in it mm. in a frame by my soccer table in the club. So uh, I won it quite easy. The final, which was brilliant for my first one. And, you know, and I'm not sure if I beat Willie Thorne along the way. And, okay. Yeah, he always said, you know, you'll never win another tournament, mm. and I'll be the only one he wins. And I think because you your highest break was it was something like seventy six and, and and but of course it's not just about that is it it's about winning the close frames it's about actually being able to do it under pressure and all the rest of it yeah yeah they, they say my my highest break was only seventy odd which it was I mean you know I probably all joke aside I probably played safe on seventy and eighty mm-hmm. more times than people have had centuries mm-hmm. I mean I you know if if I carried on and wanted to make centuries I'd probably be up around the six hundred mark if I wanted but. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never really interest me. As no. soon as I get past 60, 70, unless there's a really big break on, I'm not really bothered. I'd rather just get on with the next frame. And uh, when they say I'm only knocking the 70s in, it, you know, they could well easily be hundreds, but just not really interested. I've never really been interested in them. Mm. Um, some people are, which is fine, but I've never never been. So you never see me, you know, knocking in hundreds, two or three hundreds in a best of nine, because... Mm very rarely I'll be going for When you won that Welsh Open, did you think, oh, I've, I've arrived now, I've made it, or did you think, well, you know, it's only one tournament, I've got to go and try and win the next one and the next one? Well, I, I, just, I just thought, well, I couldn't believe it really, I mean, you know, it was the, I can't remember how old it was now, 20, 21 or something, mm. I, yeah. you know, I've been playing in Blackpool for a few years to qualify, eventually I got to the final, like I said, beat Parrot, and just couldn't believe it really, it was like, only dreamed about... Uh, winning any tournament really so when it actually come true it was you know give me a, a lot of belief thinking well if I win one surely I can, I'm good enough to win another one uh, and, and that's the way, way I felt really even after winning it probably the day after you know it's probably forgotten really I went back mm. and, and that was the end of it Well you did carry on winning in, in the next couple of years and it takes us to the, the Masters 1998 the Wembley Conference Centre of course has since been knocked down but it was a huge uh, venue raucous crowd in, in London Big tournament. You're nine each with Stephen Hendry on a respot. How are you feeling? Um, well, you, you said I can't swear, didn't you? So <laughs> yeah, I'd rather you didn't. I'll, I'll but... have to put it. That, um, I was bricking it. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about it. When once the respot uh, come and we tossed up, and then I had to play my first shot. Like honestly, it's probably the only time I've ever felt my knees shaking mm. on every shot. Only the respot in black really was just the tension was just. Well, it was unbelievable. I mean, I had a couple of dings at it I thought was in the double and it didn't go in and I made it more tense and nervous, but it's without doubt probably the nervous I've ever been in mm. a soccer match. I was absolutely cacking it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was absolutely breaking it. And of course, 
it was a fantastic win, fantastic finish. But you had to wait a bit to get the money because they sent the cheque to a different Mark Williams, some guy in London. Yeah, they uh, they sent. I think they sent about three or four of my cheques mm. to him, and uh, you know I used to fall up saying, "Where's the money?" And you know, Wilson, we said, "Oh, you've sent it. You've had it in your bank." And like, no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. And I said, "No, it's not." Yeah, we've sent it weeks ago. I said, "Look, I haven't got it." And then he realised then he sent it to a. A different Mark Williams. I think that's the reason he started putting my J in there, yeah. in the middle. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure with the one check they put Mark J Williams and still send it to him. <laughs> so, uh, He's, yeah, there's a, there's a guy actually who's changed his name to Ronnie O'Sullivan for that very reason. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, you won the Masters. You, you went on, you won the UK Championship, and then 2000 you, you arrive at the World Championship. I guess is one of the favourites because you, you were in a lot of finals. You know, you had a great run. Yeah. You were winning tournaments. You always seemed to be in finals, semi-finals. Did, can you remember thinking, you know, this is my championship, or, or was it just like another tournament? Um, well, I was just starting to get into a rhythm, really. I was starting to win a lot of matches, uh, build up a lot of confidence, and you know, I, you know, I suppose you could say there was there was times that people may have been one or two nil down before they actually got out there. Yeah. I was playing quite well some some of the times, and uh, the more matches you win, it just grows in confidence and. And uh, you know, I was just enjoying it. I was young, I was winning matches. Obviously, winning prize money as well. It was just it was unbelievable, really. Mm. But you looked out, didn't you? Semi-finals against John Higgins. You were down 14-10, I think, going into the last mm. session. And he was, you know, obviously he was expected to win because he was in front and he was a, he was a champion himself. What are your memories of that? I, I, it, it was an incredible final session. I think he won one frame. Yeah, well, I, to be honest, I, I can't remember much about it, but I remember John doing some kind of interview somewhere, and he said. He said I got into his head or something. I, I wouldn't shake his hand at the start, at the yeah, start like that, which yeah, yeah. I have no recollection of that yeah. whatsoever. Well, I think he said you you forgot. I mean, I don't think he was suggesting you know you did it deliberately. Oh, just, I, and I just it. had yeah. no recollection. When I when I heard, I thought, well, I can't remember doing that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if he if he thinks I did, obviously I've done it. But it was if I did, it was never to get into anyone's head. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know. if if I did get into his head the next time I'm there I'm not going to shake his hand again <laughs> just going to walk straight past him <laughs> Was it special to play Matthew in the final obviously you know you're sort of a friend of Welshman friend of yours was, it, was that sort of just an occasion um, Yeah it was obviously if I remember when we come in he was playing surely he was playing the, the Welsh National Anthem mm. as we come in and there was Welsh flags flying and it was, it was just a brilliant occasion and you know it, it could have gone either way he took a massive lead on me mm. um, can't really remember much about pulling it back but uh, once they got right to the very end and all the pressure come on I, I just seemed to free up and relax and mm. I'm lucky really I've never been one to suffer with that many nerves mm. uh, very rarely and I, I can you know I used to be able to play quite good under pressure mm. but now you're world champion what's that like in the sort of moments afterwards did it sink in immediately um, yeah I, I was you know I was, I was world champion I think went to the after party and uh, I was there, I don't know, not a long hour, the pint of milk went back to the hotel mm. and, and, and went home and I think it was a bit surreal to be honest and I didn't really celebrate probably till, uh, I don't know, maybe a week or two later mm. where I think they took me, I took the cup up then, down my local town and come, had a few drinks, a lot of drinks really, got drunk, <laughs> got drunk and never forget, woke up and lost the trophy, couldn't remember where, where I put it, nothing. Spanish, and uh, I, f- I think I phoned Will snuck it up there, he was panicking, I phoned the, I think phoned the police station, <laughs> hey, see if anything had been handed in, nothing, and uh, I was just panicking all day, all day thinking I'm going to have to pay for this, and then 
my next door neighbour knocked my door uh, with a trophy and I said oh god where did you get that from and he said I woke up for work at five o'clock in the morning and it was just on the floor outside in the garden and he picked it up put it in a car took it to work with him but uh, I wish he knocked me about that by six so I didn't have to panic it should be said this was the trophy that Joe Davis bought in 1927 it's not just any old trophy this is the world championship trophy that was it yeah <laughs> so now you're the world champion of course it means there's more sort of a call on your time media suddenly want to talk to you and so on how do you find that because uh, as I said at the start I don't think doing interviews is necessarily how you sort of enjoy spending your time uh, no I, I to be honest I don't really like doing any interviews to be honest I never really have um, and to be honest I'm only doing this one because as you if it was half of the other ones I would have told him <laughs> to bugger off because I'd rather just not do one really and just yeah. plod along because half, you know, half the ones I re- realised growing up that you can you can do an interview with them and you do it, and then when it comes out, it's totally nothing like what you've said to them. They, you just twist it all around, all of a sudden, you think they've done an interview for them, and all of a sudden, you read it, and you look a bit stupid with the things you're saying, and you, you haven't said it like that, and so I just rather not do any, really. But, but also, you, you've never really sort of tried to project an image, have you? you? You are yourself, you're happy with yourself, you don't try and be anything else. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just, I think I'm just the same as I was when I was... Hmm. 18, 19, I'm saying, no, I have a good laugh. I like taking a. Um, Mickey of the people. Mickey is the best word. Like taking the Mickey of the people. And, you know, I love having the Mickey taken out of myself mm. as well. Whoever, you know, everyone has tried to take the Mickey out of me and wind me up. And you, know, you can ask anyone, no one succeeded yet because mm. you can say whatever you want to me. It doesn't matter anything you want and it, it doesn't bother me. It goes right over the top, top of my head. and probably come back with something that day and you'll be the ones uh, biting in the end. Well, you went on winning, you kept on winning tournaments and uh, the 2002-03 season, you won the Triple Crown, you won the UK, the Masters, the World Championship. I mean, it kind of doesn't get much better than that, does it? Was it did, you, did you feel invincible? I mean, it was... Um, yeah, probably... Uh, I did honestly feel every tournament I was, I was going to play in at that time, uh, you know, I just felt I was almost guaranteed to get to at least the semis. It was just a feeling I had and... Wherever I played, it was just you know, big breaks. Everything was just uh, just in myself. Thought well, I'm gonna get to the you know the semis or the final, probably Higgins or Sullivan, and, and uh, you know that'd be the toughest game. And you know he was working like after a while. Uh, you know people talk about a lot the triple crown, which is good, but they also miss. You know they don't count there, but I counted. So I had the I think it was the Grand Prix trophy at the same time as well. So I had all the four yeah. BBCs, but because. The one wasn't in the same year, or the I think it was the LG Cup, wasn't the it? LG Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was the Grand Prix. Yeah, the LG might have been the LG Cup. It's that, yeah, it's that event. Yeah. But I had that one as well, but no one seems to mention that because mm. it wasn't in the same calendar, or whatever. But I actually you had held the four of them at the same time. Four at the yeah. same time, yeah. yeah. But you know, it never gets mentioned, even not if it says on the same calendar. You, I still held the four at the mm. same time, which. I'm not sure how many others have done that. I guess the problem, though, Mark, is that from that sort of position, the only way is down, isn't it? And and you did have like a, a couple of little slumps, and at one point, sort of lost your top sixteen place. What was that like? Having been, as you say, regular in finals, winning trophies, and all of a sudden um, you sort of going to I think Prestatyn yeah, to qualify. Yeah, it was difficult. I went down to forty-seven in the world at one stage, and you know I was turning up, I was turning up to tournaments, just couldn't pot a ball really, and you know, my, to be honest, my mind wasn't. My mind wasn't uh, totally on it, to be honest. I just left my manager, management company at the time. I won't even credit with naming them. And, uh, you know, I, that's something I should have done 20 years ago. You know, I should never have 
you know, thought I should never have been there. But uh, you know, that was the main reason I dropped on the rankings, and it took me a while to sort the, a lot of stuff that was happening off the table, which I'm not going to go into now. I won the one. I will do one day when you want to write my book for me. You'll have a okay. you'll have a field day, but you got my number. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, is I can't go into it now. But you know that was the reason my head was you know up my my arse. You can put that in and for a few years. And I you know I was losing. I just didn't really care because I had I had more more stuff to worry about off the table than actually playing. And you know I'm still not like even now. I'm still not you know absolutely perfect, but I'm in a hell of a better position now than I was. Mm. Uh, so and and it's not it's improving because you know I'm practicing my head's back on it more now and uh, it's, it's getting a lot better. One thing you have always enjoyed is travelling. You know some players get on a plane and they don't stop moaning until they get home again. But you yeah. you always seem to certainly in your earlier days you always seem to just enjoy going away. Took some mates with you, enjoyed yeah. it, and had a very good record overseas. Won a lot of tournaments. Yeah, well I you know I, I laugh at people. You know, time they fly out, they can't wait to get back. Why go? What's the point going? You've got no chance. I mean. At the end of the day, I've just been one of the ones. If I'm going to China, could be there for ten days. Oh, that that's life. I'll see everyone else when I come home. You know, it's a, it's a job. But mm. I, I do get a little bit now when I go up there after about five or six days. You know, I do think like because they, they have PTCs on the back of Thomas as well, and I, and I enter the PTCs and I sat there thinking, oh, I shouldn't have entered. I should have gone home. Uh, you know, it's getting a lot harder because I've got kids and everything yeah. now. But you know, if I'm not going to go. To a big tome at the way, and as soon as I arrive, and look after the other players. Oh, I can't wait to get home. I mean, you get home when you get home. I mean, if I lose, if I lose, the first thing I'll do is get home. You know, but I don't even think about coming home till I lose. Mm. Otherwise, there's no point going. You've lost before you start. Mm. I think that's probably why I have got a good record overseas. I won a lot of tournaments. Does losing hurt you Mark because you've always seemed to me to take it sort of in your stride I've never really seen not you really. really upset you know really angry not really um, you know I've always said the worst thing can happen is I lose that's it that is the, the worst thing can happen and I've always had that attitude and you know you can pick on you can pick on your, your hand your one hand uh, the amount of times I've been really uh, really upset about losing uh, Nothing really comes to my mind, really. The only one I can think of at this moment in time is when Ali Carter beat me 9 8, I think, in the. Mm. I think it was the UK or something, and I was in and I had a massive kick on the last red to win 9 8, and missed it. And, you know, I was a bit cheesed off for that one, but very rare I get mm. down on myself. Not really. I mean, you can watch me play. If I win a close match or lose a close match, you can see me walking off. You, you'll never tell if I won or lost by. See me walk out or talk to me, unless you ask me the score, because mm. I don't really show it that much. Mm. But after you won the, the the second world title, 2003, as I say, you were sort of you were very much the world number one lead, won everything. Did you, in your own mind, think, well, I'm going to carry on winning this and maybe get three or four? Or was, did you think of it like that? Uh, I think after the second one, I, I, well, it's so easy to take your foot off the gas. You know, mm. you you're winning a lot of tournaments, and even when you're losing, you still get into quarter semis, finals, and stuff like that. And, you know, I probably took my foot off the gas by not realising it. And you know, when when your form does start to slip, it's very difficult to stop yourself sliding down the rankings. Which I found out a couple of times. I've gone, you know, down to twenty odd again, and yeah. it was hard to stop that slide. And 
you know, I know how to stop the slide, but it's, it's very difficult and to get yourself motivated to get back in the club, mm. practice as much as you need to to get back up the, the rankings. How, how far off now do you think you are? You sort of you're the best game that you were at maybe ten years ago. Oh, no win here. Mm. Yeah, I can't even can't even compare it to be honest. Uh, you know, I I can I've accepted now. I can go out there and I can I can miss or oh, absolutely anything. Some of the easiest balls, you know, a, a local club player couldn't miss down a club I, I can miss it and I've accepted that now and, and when I do miss them as a few years ago I was, get, I was getting annoyed and frustrated but now it doesn't even bother me anymore I'll go back to my chair sit down and think well I knew I was going to miss something easy sooner mm. or later and, just, and it's gone again which used to happen years ago 10 years ago if I miss something easy be for, forgotten about and mm. it's happening now I, I just totally uh, not worry about it anymore and mm. And honestly, God, I go out there and if I win, brilliant. If I get beat, I can honestly say with my hand on my heart, I do not give a monkey's. Okay. People like me always compare your career to Ronnie O'Sullivan and John Higgins because obviously you all came up together the same age, turned pro at the same time. Uh, do you compare yourself to other players? Do you think, oh, he's you know he's won this amount, I've won this amount? Or is it just you're happy with what you've done in your own sort of career? Um, yeah, if, if I was to look back on it, I'd be more than happy with what I'd done, you know? I mean... Uh, there's no getting away from it. I think if I won about the same time or bumped into O'Sullivan as many times as I did, I think I probably would have won at least another two world titles and you know, obviously a few other tournaments as well along the way. Um, but you know, I, I've come through uh, in an era which which I probably think is two of the best players ever to play and you know, you're never gonna get anyone better than O'Sullivan and I mean you can't compare the, the standard at the top now to what it was back then with them mm. two playing. And obviously had Endry as well, with Steve Lee, had so many, Paul mm. and Matthew Stevens, but uh, I mean the top four back then was I think me, Endry, Higgins and O'Sullivan and you know, they were hard sweet to try and nick tournaments off. So I nicked a few tournaments, you know, while they were still all there playing mm. at their best. Maybe Endry just gone past it, but O'Sullivan and Higgins you they unbelievable. I mean he's still Two of the best players in the world now, and they, mm. they're bloody forty. Mm. And uh, people, would, I think, would be interested. You know, are you friends, the three of you? Because you always sort of bracketed together. But uh, uh, I mean, at um, the end of the day, you're still rivals on the table, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, friends is, is in like not really. Mm. You know, I mean, I speak to. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with John uh, and stuff like that. You know, there's Ronnie that I got every credit for him, and and selfishly, he's a on the table he's unbelievable but would I go for a drink with him off the table would I hell <laughs> but one man you are friends with is Stephen Hendry of course and I mean he throughout his career he sort of kept himself to himself didn't he but I think you in a way brought him brought him out of his shell a bit because you, you were his, or still are his good friend yeah he's, I, he's probably the the one I uh, was always because we was managed for the same company and we was always flying together and and uh, I don't know why we just get on really we mm. was just you know, he likes uh, a good wind up and a good laugh. You know, he, he may come across as a bit miserable, and which he is probably miserable, really. He's just, <laughs> I can make him smile now and again, you know, but uh, he is quite a miserable kid. But uh, we've always had a good laugh, and uh, you know, he normally tries to keep himself to himself really at tournaments. Um, but uh, you know, every time I see him, uh, you know, I won't let him have any peace to himself. I'll go over there and straight, get straight on him, wind him up about something, no matter what it is. Mm. 
and we've just always gone on. But now, of course, you have Twitter as well, because you, how you yeah. are on Twitter is how you've been on the circuit the last 20 years, basically, <laughs> is the, sort of the constant joking around. I mean, you obviously enjoy your time on, on there. Yeah, I love it, but it's getting me into trouble. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, oh, I've, I've said a couple of things on there which I don't think was as bad as people made out and got heavily fined for it. Uh, I've got a, a few letters warning saying I can't do this, I can't say that, I can't say that, but... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much. What you get on to it is pretty, pretty much how I am. Yeah. As far as I can be, uh, going by the guidelines of World Snooker. Really, mm. I mean, uh, if if the only thing I, I don't put on it, I'm not up to swear and stuff like that, and maybe a bit, a bit controversial and stuff like that. But most of it's. You, you see me on there is is what I am in real life, really. Yeah. Which is what they say they want. They say they want the players to. Reject the personalities, but do you do you, do you regret what you said about the Crucible that time? Um, yeah, I only regret it because it cost me four grand. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if I'd known it was going to cause that much of a stir, I would, I would never have said it. Obviously, yeah. but you know, I, I never said it uh, being derogatory to the Crucible or anything mm. like that. You know, I just I said it sort of a bit of a laugh, really, mm. and, a, and a joke. But obviously. I found out it wasn't a laugh or joke, and four grand later I'm thinking, why did I say that for? But, you know, I, do you think I, d- I said something worth a four grand fine in it? Come on. I don't think it was worth f- four thousand. I think the problem is everyone's sense of humour is different, isn't it? And some people would have seen it for what it was. It's just Mark being Mark. Other people think, oh, you know, it's the Crucible, you can't, you can't say that. Um, you, did, you didn't actually swear. You actually, we, we won't say what you, what you saw, yeah, yeah. but, the, but there were some asterisks in there. I think, I think it was possibly the timing that, that counted against you because it was right oh, before really? the World Championship. Was um, it the day before? Yeah, well, yeah, the day before. But, uh, but you're, you're there to stay on Twitter, are you? You're not, you're not sort of, you haven't considered sort of backing away from it? No, the, no. no I, I mean, like I said, after, since that one, that's the only time I've really got into trouble and I've been... Uh, you know, quite careful on it. I'm still, you know, everyone who tweets me or, or whatever, I, I do get some idiots on their mind, which, uh, which I love. Really, they come on and abuse <laughs> me, saying this, that, and the other, swearing, and you know, give me 15 minutes back and I'm abuse them, and they they delete their account then, and they're the ones trying to wind me up, and I end up making them delete their account or blocking me, which I find that brilliant. You know, they come on trying to have a go at me, I go back and then they block me. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're 40 now, Mark. You're the world seniors champion, as, as we record this. What, you know, your career's not over. You're in the, still in the top 16, you're still competing. But do you have sort of future ambitions in terms of what you want to still want to achieve? Um, I'd, obviously, I'd, I'd love to win another world title. Realistically, it's, it's not going to happen, but that would be my, my one, one dream. I mean, if I can win any other tournament, now ranking tournament, it'd be... You know, a bonus for me, really. Uh, I've still got the game to do some damage and beat, you know, good runs and beat anyone, really. I'm still good enough to beat anyone, but I'm not consistent enough as I used to be. And, you know, my long game is quite poor, to be honest. But, you know, I still got the determination and I try 100% wherever I play. And, uh, you know, I'll keep, I'll keep going. It's, uh, it's a bit unfair calling me the world seniors champion, really. I, I wasn't even old enough to be in it. No, but you did win it. Well, <laughs> in fairness, yeah, but look away at the Pete. You know, I mean, John Parrott. I mean, he is old, and he? he is a senior. <laughs> well, you're at least you're out now, old enough to defend it. You're now yeah, fourteen, no. so I might not even bother turning up this year. <laughs> but it was still nice to win. It was still nice to go there and, uh, you know, see people like Joe Johnson and Dennis Taylor come out in his Zimmer frames and. <laughs> With about 300 cushions per frame, no balls going anywhere near the pockets. I mean, I used to watch it before I was in it, and 
is to just look at it and go, you know, some of these commentators just slag us off and look at these playing by in so many cushions. I'd love to be commentating on oh, if Joe Johnson playing Dennis Tay, I'd love to commentate on that and get my revenge. I was going to ask you actually, I mean, commentary, you know, a lot of ex world champions do end up doing it. Is that something that you think you'd like to do? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, once I do, I think once I do finish finish playing, I, my personal is I don't want nothing to do with the game whatsoever. Right. I just want to finish, go away, and, and you'll never see me again. Mm. You, I won't, I won't turn up to any times. That's it. That'll be it. Whether or not that'll happen, I don't know. To be honest, mm. um, commentary, it's a tough one because if I did try it for a couple of days, or if I don't know, just say you want me to do the Welsh Open for a week or something like that. Um, It'd be very hard because I wouldn't want to, you know, all joking aside, I wouldn't want to end up sounding like, sounding like people like Joe Johnson and Mike Allen who, who played a game when I stand in themselves and, and I'm watching and I swear they accommodate on a different table to what I'm watching sometimes and I'd think, what are they on about? And if I'd done that, I wouldn't want to go down the road of, of coming across like not knowing what I'm talking about, you know. I mean, Stephen Envy's gone here and like a duck to water. He's been unbelievable just... There's no stories with him. He just says what he what he sees, and, and there was a breath of fresh air the other day when I heard I was listening to Ronnie and John Higgins on Eurosport. Mm. In, I think it was the UK, was it? Yeah. And it was it was so refreshing to watch them. And you know, Ronnie he was quite blunt at times, but some of the stuff he was saying was was really good. And you've got to take note when he's saying because he's done everything mm. and he's still playing. Well, he's still the best player in the world. So mm. it was it was totally different listening to them and. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think mm. sat on the sofa while he was doing, it's a lot easier, I think, than actually being in the commentary box. OK. So if, just to, to wrap up then, I mean, you, you seem very content, Mark, still within yourself. When you look back on your career, you must be more than satisfied with what you've achieved. Oh, yeah, without doubt. I mean, I've never, never thought I would have done not even a third of what, what I have achieved. And, you know, if I look back on it, whatever I Thomas, I have won, whatever I've done, I, you know... In my opinion, I've probably done it of the, uh, the best standard around at the yeah. top, you know, ever, and you know that, that gives me you know, good, good satisfaction. I've achieved something. Uh, we're probably two of the best, or well, three of the best players ever to live. Mm. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot for doing this, and I think the good news is there won't be any fines. I think we got through it without any fines. So, so. I, I can make up. Yeah, for no, I'm going pr- to. I'm going to press stop. I want to say thanks to Mark for his company, and thanks to everyone for listening. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.